Hi, this is Deadeye Dave welcoming you to the Real Blood Podcast Network. Each Saturday, you will hear a new episode of either Reasonably Real, which is our general movie podcast, or The Cast That Drips Blood, which is our horror-focused show. On Monday, we have Reasonably Newsworthy, which is our new show where we talk about the releases that you might be interested in on DVD Tuesday. We have a rotating cast of hosts, and we definitely aren't afraid to chat. So kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page in the show description and our letterbox profiles as well. If you are interested in supporting the show, telling your friends about us is the best way to make the show expand. If you are interested in supporting us monetarily, our podcasting host Anchor allows you to do that through their website, and every dollar is appreciated, but never expected. Thank you so much for your continued support, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Reasonably Real. This is one of your hosts, Deadite Dave, and joining with me across the internet today is... The Return of Steve. I like how you dropped steady. Yeah, I, I haven't been steady and, and really won't be steady much until maybe next year. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, That's okay. Yeah, it's, uh, doing, what, doing what we can do. Yeah, we, we all are, really. Um, you know, our, our times are very different. And then fall, for whatever reason, we were talking about that on the podcast last week. You know, everyone is like, oh, my stuff is slowing down in the fall and all that. And we're like... What? It seems that the Gifford family just is, you know, wall-to-wall stuff all October. I don't know what it is. But um, October, that this fall time is just busy. Um, but oh, good good busy in a way. So, nothing yeah. Um, yeah, just that's the way it goes. On, you know, holidays and stuff. Uh, but, you know, before we get into any of the chasing the rabbit stuff, you've got uh, uh, just a ton of movies since you've been on and you're going to hit on the highlights right or yeah are you going to make the gonna... whole podcast about what you've been watching <laughs> no i'm sure i'm sure everybody that's listening is going oh please don't cover the ottoman lieutenant uh so <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so i'll try to hit the highlights the more interesting stuff so okay. uh all right well first up I, I i wanted to mention a remo williams the adventure begins this is I a 1985 film I had, I had not either. This is available on Amazon Prime. This is a really good '80s action film, and I have no idea how this slipped under my radar. But it's I rated seven. You need to go see it, and everybody has Amazon anyway. It's free, so go check this one out. I'm interested to see what everybody else does. It's it's an interesting look, Uh, and with lots of action. I, I you know it's it's got some questionable acting, but it adds to that '80s charm. You know, you know how that goes. Um, but uh, check out Remo Williams when you can. Um, let's see. I have to get back to my list. What happened here? There it is. So I, I got around to watching The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. That's a pretty good film. Uh, I've never seen that, oddly, and I really enjoyed that. So uh, check that one out. Uh, let's see. I'm going to skip some of these. Uh, we want to talk about the debt collectors, and uh, let's see. How we about do we an hit? Episode on that eventually. I would like. Yeah. Watch those. Yeah, you do. Those are pretty good films. R- really good films, actually. Um, I thought I had seen the one, but it was it was not. Um, pretty pretty interesting film. So we'll we'll look at those at some point. 
So uh, the next one I'll hit on is True Lies. We've talked about this, I think, before. Uh, I watched this film the other day. It's a, the 1994 Arnold Schwarzenegger film. I think this is one of Maniac Mike's classics or favorites from him. And uh, I don't know, have any idea what I rated this or would have rated it before. But man, did I like this film. I rated it a 9. I think this has to be one of Schwarzenegger's best just yeah. action blockbuster films. It's we were really got a lot of stuff to like. Watch this one after the Arnold podcast. We're like, yeah, you need to watch this one again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe really so. Uh, it's got a lot of things, and it's pretty funny. Uh, you know, it, it's it's really got some good stuff. Uh, I enjoyed that one, so check that one out. Uh, I need to go find that somewhere on, to buy. Uh, I four uh, K. I want to say out there of it. If not, then there needs to be. Um, this has to be one of the most expensive blockbuster films. I mean, some of the set pieces are very expensive. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know what I mean? That's James Cameron, uh, man. The dude yeah. just throws money at the screen. Yeah. In this case, it worked. Uh, so, next film uh, that I'll mention is The Octagon. You know me and my hatred for some early martial arts films. They're overacted and almost comical at, at times. Uh, but I'm going to go try and watch some of those. Uh, the first one that came up was The Octagon, uh, starring Chuck Norris' 1980 film. And uh, this is great. I need to find Enter the Dragon, which I think you have. Um, I've got I need to watch the Bruce that one. Lee Criterion Collection, and it's pretty yeah. awesome. I bet it is. I'll borrow that at some point just to watch, the, uh, just to watch that one because it's not available for streaming anywhere. But The Octagon is a great film. doesn't have... Bruce Lee in it, but it's got lots of Chuck Norris, and I find it a little bit uh, different than a lot of martial arts films in the way that it, pretty, it stays pretty grounded in uh, some karate usage. Uh, you know what I mean? Okay. There's, there's nothing crazy with this film, uh, but the, it's got lots of action and a great story. Um, let's see. Uh, next up, uh, I did catch up with your Cursed Films. Uh, I, I enjoyed that one. Um, I learned I'm not like you guys, so this was some new information for me. Uh, but there's some stuff to watch here, and it's available for Shutter on free, so well worth your time. What did you think of that Twilight Zone episode? That's my favorite. Yep. It felt that it one full circle, and was even Lloyd Kaufman from Troma was probably the highlight of that episode, in my opinion. And you really got an insight into how much you know, like different filmmakers care, and then you. It really does paint out John Landis to be a villain, <laughs> and you're like, yeah. Uh, and then he wouldn't comment on it, you know? It's like, it yeah. doesn't help your cause, bud. <laughs> no, I think it probably was the most interesting of the, of the films, in large part because I think a lot of that information was fairly new. Yes. You know what I mean? Or some of it. So, you know, yeah, I found that to be a pretty good film. Actually, I think... I can't remember all of the ones that were involved. I think The Exorcist was one of my least favorites. Uh, yeah, because mine too. Because it was it was so. I think even people that are outside of the horror sphere know kind of what happened with that. For that, that's the only problems I had with this, and I can't knock it for it because there's yeah. plenty of. Let, let's let's face it. You, you say you're not a horror fan. You're at least mildly interested in horror films. You just I like good movies. Type. You just like a certain yeah. type. You know, nothing too extreme, but you could appreciate a good one when you see it. And there's a lot of people out there like you, you know, and stuff. Yeah. So I'm not going to knock it for, for that. I, I got lucky and I actually picked this up at Family Video. So I do have a physical of Cursed Film. Oh. So I'm pretty, I've got almost all the Shutter originals on, on DVD. 
just because it's cool to have them, even though I have the service. Yeah. It's just cool. Um, and that's one that I'm really glad to have because I loved it. I, I, yeah. I think I liked it a little bit more than you did, but I, I could see why. Yeah. Um, I, 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 the other one that I really liked, which I it was The Crow. Um, I, I really do like this film uh, as a whole. It's a really interesting looking film. I don't know that I would call it horror any more than The Twilight Zone. But either way, uh, this is definitely a horror movie. I will argue on that one. But you know, I you know I, and uh, but uh, yeah, I thought both of those were my favorites. Exorcist and Poltergeist and The Omen. Yeah, they're, they're interesting. They're pretty good. But The Twilight Zone and The Crow are the highlights for me. So maybe that's because they're films that's more in my wheelhouse. Like, I'm not that, watching The Exorcist. I, I felt the same way, and that's even coming from a big horror fan. I think it's because the, it was told in a way that comes full circle. And I think that the real yeah. message of the, the series starts coming out with that four and five episode with uh, The Crow and the Twilight Zone, you know. And I don't want to spoil what the message is, but I think it's a really great documentary because it smartly weaves in you know, a story with it. There's a story, obviously, of each episode being about a different movie, but you see a narrative start forming, and by the end of that Twilight Zone episode, you're like, that was really smart. You know, they played a full-on narrative throughout this whole thing, and it comes yeah. full circle, and you're like, okay, that's very smart. I would agree with that. There's there's a thread that kind of binds them all together, and that, that does make it interesting, I think. I agree. Okay. Uh, okay. I'd... Uh, next up is Fist of Fury as I continue down that road. Uh, Fist of Fury is a 9, likely a 10, frankly. It, it's, it's Man, does genre, this thing though. have... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a 72 film. It's got that goofy uh, craziness to it that I just don't like in films. But I'm beginning to just get past because that's what, that's what they are. This is, of course, a... Uh, a Japanese or it's an Asian film. I'm not. I think it's Jap or Chinese. It's what it is, not Japanese. But either way, it's got that Asian flair to it, where they've always got to have some ridiculous guy that's just there, seemingly for crazy comic relief. But whenever you get into the actual martial arts, the story of this film, you know, just the the way it's laid out. Yeah, this thing is great, and uh, I can't wait to see um, uh, Enter the Dragon and maybe another. Uh, maybe a little more of his films. Maybe the pinnacle, and I hate to be generic with it because there's so many great martial arts movies, but Enter the Dragon is the epic, in my opinion, of the martial arts films. It's, yeah. it's I, I have seen it, but it's been a long time ago, and I really want to watch that now after doing this for a long time. My tolerance for some films has changed a little bit and maybe it's my understanding of films as a whole that's uh, broadening my horizons you know you got to look at these films as, as their time and what they're made for a little bit uh, you know so uh, fist of fury is a 1972 film i believe that is his first film yeah, that made for an american audience um that uh, and it and it's a great one i gave it a nine and uh, you got to hunt this one up so i uh, watched uh, primal uh, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, Dig Two Graves. Did you ever see that? I still haven't, no. I, I, that's all okay. I think you'll like that film. It's a pretty good film. Um, you know, it's nothing nothing great, but uh, it's on Shudder as well, so check it out. Uh, I caught up with Summer of 84. This is a really good oh, film. Uh, I, I'm not as big a fan of it as you guys, and frankly, it kind of, uh, I don't, uh, offended is a little bit wrong of a term. 
but the language and stuff that they had these children saying, and they are children, is I don't think it's a good idea. But I can't deny that the film is great. It sets its tone. It's a good film. Uh, check that one out if you can tolerate the language by young kids. <laughs> yeah, we we so. very much think differently, I think, on, on that. And not, not that I don't see a problem with it needlessly, but with the protections that you know they've they've done since the Corey Feldman debacle and stuff like that they're pretty careful and, and the directors have talked about it you know it's very difficult to work with kids now because of the protections which is great you know I think overall it may it might make it more difficult for directors but you know the protections in place to you know teach these kids you know they get you know they're only allowed certain amounts of takes with these types of scenes you know with anything like that and I mean they, they work pretty closely to make sure that they know what's going on isn't real bad and you're and you're seeing a lot less I think kids today and child actors coming up because you don't you're not seeing like Millie Bobby Brown or anything like that from you know Stranger Things where you know 10 years ago that show probably would have been traumatizing to like a Corey Feldman because there wasn't any protection you know yeah. for these kids but now you're you're just seeing them grow up like normal kids Tom Holland you know these these kind of younger guys and girls you know just don't seem to be affected in the same way. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. But I, I, we kind of disagree on that one a little bit. Uh, that, I, do, that, I really do think that's how kids act. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is not my, my beef with it. And I, uh, to my, uh, I don't know that all children act this way. While I certainly remember my childhood, and yes, we did that. My problem with doing this is uh, there are, I, I agree with you that the protections around children and the actors is better than it was. My problem with these films is not that. My problem is is that what it does is it normalizes the act, the actions of the children. So the viewer is seeing this as something cool or something that I can do or something that other in right. the past yes. in my right. age. But to me, whenever but to I me, these movies shouldn't be shown to kids anyway. These are, this is a very adult. Oh, uh, summer of '84, I would agree. If summer of '84, yeah. a kid sees this movie, you, you've done something wrong as a parent. <laughs> like if a real young kid is seeing this, yeah, it's very don't. It's very dark. This is not a. Kid's I, movie. I would agree with that. This is not a children's movie. It's an adult movie with kids in it, and it goes some places that you don't want your kids to see. Unfortunately, yeah. in today's world, we don't control television and media into right. our kids like we should. So what they see, and frankly. I would say there's a majority of parents that would watch this with their kids, even that they would pick it out and be oh, okay with it. They have nightmares for a good while. They yeah. learn their lesson pretty quick to not show yeah. something like this again. Because I yeah. know that so, kids are going to be freaked out by this movie. My, my issue is simply that it normalizes the behavior. So whenever I was a kid and I said cuss words, I felt bad about saying the cuss words. I had a conscience that says I shouldn't be doing that. And when I got caught which I did get caught uh, at some point, then there was a punishment and I got the punishment. You know what I mean? I understood why I was getting it because this is wrong behavior. Now we don't have that. And we wonder why our kids have such smart mouths. They cuss all the time. It's because of the media that they're seeing is normalizing it and not just the child, but the parents. That's my, would, that's my I thing. Would, uh, I hear you. Uh, we, could, we could debate on that one for sure. Yeah. I, it would be a healthy debate, but I, I do think I think it's a cultural problem more so because, because frankly, this movie would and the, and the language of that movie wouldn't exist in my opinion if it wasn't already there culturally. Mo I yeah. don't think uh, movies influence culture as much as movies just mirror what's going on in culture. 
Now you can uh, say that it furthers it along, but yeah, frankly, this movie's I, language wouldn't exist if it wasn't relatable to kids. And at this point in time and in culture, it is. So yeah, I do hear you. And this is a, this is a newer film, so this is a little bit of a, a problem. Twenty eighteen film. I'd say if this was ten years ago, then my argument would probably be uh, even more pronounced. But I just think we, you know, yeah, we're. we're I think you and I are kind of closer to the same page than sometimes we care to agree on. Sure. Uh, I mean, but, I, I you see know. what you're saying, though. And yeah. these movies do tread that very thin middle ground for me. And I have seen movies where I think they do put kids in very uncomfortable situations where I'm like, okay, they probably shouldn't. And this one's pretty close. I'll be, I'll be yeah. the first to admit. This one is pretty dark and very close. It never bothered me. I think that the directors cared very much about these kids because I do trust the directors. Had it been someone different, I'd have probably been more like, okay, <laughs> let's not do that. But knowing <laughs> that these directors are some pretty good, pretty good people, um, yeah. and, and they're and they're and, and they're they do care. I did, and I think it's yeah. partly because I've seen the behind the scenes stuff of it, you know. So yeah. I have that knowledge of what went into it. So yeah, well, it is a really good film, and it, it, it does get this film is pretty safe film for the other than the language for much of the film. But don't stay there. So no. don't get tricked into having no. your kids watch don't this film. Watch this, this is an adult horror film, and uh, you know it's it can be very disturbing. So, yeah. uh, but uh, if you haven't seen it yet and you're an adult, then by all means check it out. Uh, what do you think of Cat Calls? <laughs> I, I was. I think I wrote my review of all people that I thought would recommend this to me. It would be you. Um, where <laughs> the central core of the story is about a dude who shows his penis to. A, to uh, some girls and and uh, they kind of get revenge on them in a way. Okay. Um, and uh, now, I I thought it was a great movie. Don't get me wrong. I love that. I, I think it's great. I think it's empowering where these types of things unfortunately do happen and maybe not all the time yeah. in real life. But I yeah. can't tell you how many women that are in the movie reviews or especially video game reviews, you hear their stories about how terrible men are. I hate men sometimes because <laughs> yeah. this is the stuff they do like this. I, I don't know what it is. I, I do think that's a cultural problem too. But, you know, yeah, like they get unsolicited penis pictures all the time, um, constantly. And this kind of thing is just sickening. I think that this takes a role of that and, and goes, you know what, we're going to get revenge uh, on that. And I'm like, F yeah, do it. <laughs> get that guy yeah you know because oftentimes well i have to i have to say i i gotta say that when i watched this film about a minute into it i said wait what did he do it was so fast that i had to go back and look at it again i don't know if i blinked or what but i missed it and i said oh i see what never mind Uh, let's move forward you know and uh, so but Either way, uh, yeah, it's a short film. It's nine minutes long. It's on Shutter. Uh, there is, I, I, I guess that's a penis you're looking at. Uh, you can take my word for it and skip about what thirty seconds. It doesn't. And I don't think it shows it. I think it just it, shows it. I think it. Yeah. What you know? He's, he's got it out, but it, I don't think yeah. it doesn't look at so, it. But but it, it definitely right. is a. Yeah, it's a definitely a creepy thing to say that they they got all nine minutes of that in. Pretty interesting film. Or I love short. shorts to show this kind of concept. I think this one would make a great, if not feature length film. 
eventually. I think this would make a great anthology short. Maybe uh, pack it down to like 30 minutes. You know, yeah. get a little bit more time. Because I, I love the concept, you know, here. Yeah. He definitely and, uh, had it coming. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he had it coming. He, unfortunately, uh, there was some uh, collateral damage. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, so next... Cat exploitation for sure. Uh, oh, this are, is, yeah. Unlike the cheesy cat exploitation, these are some creepy, creepy cats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, these are these are what the uh, the Broadway musical cats could have been, and that, that would have been a really were, interesting film. They were film. a little bit creepier, yeah. actually. But, uh... I can't fault this yeah. one. This one had a lower budget than that one, but that cat, those, yeah. are, those are creepier in that uh, other cat's movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I uh, caught up with uh, Scare Package. Uh, I'm I not as not big a fan of it as you are. <laughs> I didn't uh, I no, I, I, it's all right. It, it's there. I don't want to talk about it a whole lot. Uh, I caught uh, Watch the Legend of Zorro. I caught up with that film and liked it a lot better the second time. I'm going to have to get these. Real, I want to pause you real quick because you breezed through Scare Package. But I, I think it's okay. cool that you're watching some Shutter stuff, you know, taking advantage of the service. And it's yeah. cool, cool. You know, I, I just, that's all I was saying for that. Don't mean to hide yeah. your screening. No, that's okay. I, I think it's definitely worth the money. There's, uh, you know, and if it wasn't for Sherry, I, I would have dropped Netflix a long time ago for <laughs> in favor of packages like this, uh, you know, where you get this and Hulu and... Amazon, yeah. of course, we're paying Amazon Prime anyway. Uh, uh, you know, we we're half in that one. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah, we, we're we splitting have, it, but we kind of have a deal so. worked out where we we have different services that we kind of use for each other, and you know, it works out. But. Yeah, it splits the cost. But. So uh, okay. So the Legend of Zorro. I need to go check this film out. I have neither of these films on on disc. That's I do funny. have a. Yeah, me, I agree. And I remember panning a little bit The Legend of Zorro, the second film. I remember. Oh, okay. Uh, I, did, I couldn't yeah, either one of these. I was, I was, I was wrong. I mean, uh, it, it's great, honestly. And, and viewed in today's world with so much anti-Americanism going around, it seems, it's kind of entertaining to watch a bunch of uh, immigrants from Mexico and California work so hard to be Americans, and they make the statement, we just want to be American. They don't want to be Mexican or Mexican-Americans. We just want to be Americans. And I thought that was really a great film, a lot of fun. So I checked out a film called The Last Stand, recently from Arnold Schwarzenegger. I have skipped this one, and I'm, I regret it. This was a really good film. It's uh, got a little bit of uh, the tongue-in-cheek kind of humor of, say, uh, Terminator 2, you know, where... Schwarzenegger, it's, it's a little self-aware of what it is. It also has that one guy, I can't ever think of that guy's name, but he's a kind of a comic relief character from the... Um, the Jackass that's, movies, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, Johnny I can't, Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville, thank you. And he's great in this film. It's, it's just got a good cast. It's entertaining, and a bunch of bad guys got what's coming to them. I mean, what more do you want from an action film? Yeah, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, so uh, I, I I would definitely buy this one if I had a chance, and it's pretty clean. I don't even remember a lot of language in, in it. Some it's got it some, but, end, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it does go a little bit, but nowhere near the Rambo series. No, but no, it's got some there. Uh, next film I watched was Fright Night. Yeah. Um, the original uh, 1985 film. Um, there is a little bit of nudity in this film, which is probably the reason why I don't have it. 
No, but, I, remember, uh, I remember you not remembering there was nudity in it. And, yeah. Because uh, actually this movie I, I like, and partly for nostalgia reasons, of how funny it was. Because we'd watch the original, and I'd seen this, but you were wanting to watch it. And I'm like, yeah, there's nudity in this thing. You don't want to watch it. No, they're in. <laughs> no, they're in. And then it opens up pretty much with some nudity, and you're like, ah, it doesn't get worse. And then there's more later on, you're like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, yeah it's not a whole lot, but no, there's a little bit in there. there there's a, there is some nudity. It's an R- yeah. R-rated movie. It's an adult movie. Yeah, for a reason. Yeah. Uh, some, uh, honestly, some of, some of these effects don't translate real well today. You know what I mean? I they look a little bad, but the physical effects that are in it are really pretty cool. The body melt stuff, you know, it's got some really good physical effects. But it's the story and the character of of uh, Peter Vincent and the kid, and I think the vampire is pretty good. All in all, this is a really good, really good vampire film. Uh, I'm gonna try to have to hunt up uh, the Lost Boys now and watch it. Another See, film that I like and don't have. I so. absolutely adore. I think you'll like the Lost Boys maybe even more because there's less content. Um, I think that the Lost Boys is the better film. I won't deny that. Uh, I like Friday but, Night. It's hard because there, there's three. Yeah. There's a trifecta really for me of vampire movies, and they're none of the ones that outsiders would expect. But I think the best, three best vampire movies are Fright Night. Lost Boys, and then Near Dark. So um, those that trifecta there is just awesome. Some of the best mm-hmm. of the creature movies, and you should see Near Dark too. Throw that in. There. I haven't seen Near Dark, so it's good. It's um, it's from uh, I can't remember her name. She's won a bunch of awards. She uh, she did Zero Dark Thirty. Um, uh-huh. great, great director. Um, Has she it got any content? Uh, no, no, it's pretty clean. Um, and it's great. It's got uh, Bill oh. Paxton in it in a fantastic oh. role. It's I always love Bill Paxton. Yeah, you need to watch that one. Near Dark is great. I have a, a really, really interesting Blu-ray from that, thanks to Maniac Mike. It's pretty hard to find. I'll, uh, I'll send no. it your way sometime. I'll see if uh, I can't find it to stream. So these are my kind of Halloween films as I wait on my release of uh, uh, Pumpkinhead to come out at the end of the month. Uh, uh, I cannot early, wait. Actually, I cannot uh, wait. I hope. You'll probably get it in early sep- early October, maybe even late September. Scream always... Uh sends their movies out two or three weeks early if you buy it direct from their sites. So. Okay. I can't wait to get that dude. Man, yeah, it'll be cool. They're doing a new restoration because you've got the regular one, but now you've got, that's a 4K. I've got to get it myself. I'm going to get it um, later yeah. on this, this month for sure. Uh, save your money. You'll inherit it, I guess, whenever I'm gone. No, so, uh, I'm sure I'll end up with it. I'm a huge Pumpkinhead fan myself. It, it and my prized possession, my Pumpkinhead movie poster. Uh, that thing is still safely tucked away in a tube, waiting for the $150 it's going to cost to frame it. That's uh, <laughs> Haas. Um, okay, so uh, then I watched The Invisible Man again, and then just finished a movie called Into the Ashes. Uh, I think that this is a film you're going to like. You remember Out of the Furnace, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, the Christian Bale movie. It's pretty good. Yeah, this is a pretty. This is a poor man's version of that. It's a different story, but it, much of anything, so yeah. it it has the same vibe. It's got, you know what I mean? It, it, it's it's similar, kind of. Uh, this is pretty low budget, about $2 million, I think. Uh, uh, it's got Frank Grillo in it, which is your, your fanboy of. 
and uh, it's it's actually a pretty this, good does movie. Does he have his iconic hair in it? He does. It's he's Frank Grillo. Guy. He's he's all in. <laughs> he's, Frank he's, Grillo. He's Frank Grillo being Frank <laughs> yeah. Grillo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and he's not over the top. I mean, he's a no, he, he's, he's a, really a convict that's released out of prison, and basically this story is that. They're looking. Uh, Frank Grillo's uh, looking to hook up to get the money that he stole back. I, I guess it doesn't really deal with any of that. What it deals with is uh, them two. Uh, well, the, the consequences of all of our actions. I guess whenever we do bad things, bad things just come and find us. So, uh, you know, it, I think it's definitely worth a watch. Right up your alley. I give it a seven. Could have been better. It's its budget hurts it a little bit. Uh, Into the Ashes, or I'm sorry, uh, Out of the Furnace is a great film. Uh, yeah, yeah it, uh, dollar for dollar, I think this one got more out of it than, you know what I mean? If you, if you really want to compare them, uh, this one's got more bang for the buck. Uh, and it's really fairly clean. I mean, it, most of its skills are off-scene or implied. Which it's really a not a whole lot of done. But, uh, I, get yeah. it. I get it. It's okay. Now, they probably couldn't afford it. There's some that's on there, but, you know, for the most part, uh, they they stayed within their budget and didn't CGI a bunch of headshots and stuff that they would have had to do, and they relied heavily on Frank Grillo. The guy that stars in the film, you'll recognize. Uh, I cannot think of that guy's name, but it's, it's immaterial. He's not a huge star. There's nobody else in it that you'll even know. Sure. Um, Which is my uh, kind the, of films, usually, to be fair. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, this is this is all. It's a Luke Grimes, is the other guy's name. Luke Goss. So, Luke Grimes, not oh, Luke okay. Goss. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, but Frank Grillo is is I think the the star here. So there there is some stuff in it that I found really interesting. Like they had showed the backdrop version of the town that this supposedly was around, yeah. yet there appeared to only be two cops in the whole police force. I mean. Really, these these two are it, That's pretty and you know, yeah. But they they stayed within their budget, and in the end, I thought it was it, it challenged you a little bit, and that's what I found most interesting about okay. it. So uh, that was the last film I watched. I'm currently trying to get caught up on the Social Dilemma, Ooh, uh, okay. and uh, yeah, that, if, if so far I'm like three quarters of the way into it. Uh, yeah, they're speaking my language here. I, I got to say, as a boomer, I've been saying this stuff for a long time, just not that well. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's why. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what uh, I think about it too. I, I'm, I'm not a boomer, and I don't think that this stuff's inherently awful. I think it's a bit sensationalist. Don't get me wrong, but I do like and appreciate kind of the you know. Um, I, I think it's interesting that they add in like dramatic elements, you know, like of acted, you know, this acted narrative. It's a little hokey, but it works for it. You know, it works yeah. for the story that they're saying. Um, and I think it makes a, a pretty well-rounded and fascinating look at, you know, social media in general. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I know exactly the part that you're saying. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, well, it's an interesting film. I think for those people that are, uh, uh, you know, uh, let me say it like this. If it wasn't telling the narrative, at least so far, that I would agree with, this might be a little bit insulting. You know what I mean? I could see myself being offended by what they're telling me. 
You know what? You, you know what I'm trying to say. That's a good thing, honestly. I mean, you know, I'm not saying like it's should, not, but should challenge. You know, that's its idea is to challenge yeah. something that's very, you know, <clears throat> culturally there right now. But it's true. I mean, I don't even think a lot of people even notice it. You know, and <laughs> that this is going on, but it really yeah. is, and uh, and it is a problem. It really is a problem. I, yeah. I think I think one of the worst things that it does is for young girls in particular, and this movie touches on that. Where Ooh, that's they, that's hard to watch. But it's true, a hundred percent true. Where these young girls get so fascinated with this lifestyle of Instagram and and they see all these you know models who spend a crap ton of money, you know, and they don't have it half the time. Some of these people on Instagram have a bunch of followers, but are really broke in real life. And they spend yeah. all their money to make themselves look like they have money, and they don't. Another another movie that actually does that really well is Ingrid Goes West. Um, is a it's a weird it's a comedy, but it actually touches on that where this girl who's got a fairly decent following becomes obsessed with an Instagram model, um, and she spends money she doesn't have, you know, to hmm. um, go out there and you know live her best life uh, for what it's worth, and it's worth nothing, you know, at the end. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to to use social media, but if you start going down the rabbit hole of becoming so obsessed that it starts affecting your life, your and yes, we all waste our times with different things, but this uh, could be a potentially harmful uh, time waster um, in the end if you let it. Yeah. Be, for sure. I think parents that have young girls, especially, but young children, you know, in general really should take a look at this film. I mean, and, and, and be, and learn a little bit about it. Cause it you cause need it to control. It really Correct. does. Because they and, look and, at these models who spend so much money on these different things. And not only that, but it, it frankly, in my opinion, also teaches girls at a way too young of an age to be active in their, you know, appearance and stuff like that, which is creepy. Correct. You know? and, and, and we're playing into that. How many yeah. children do I see... That, that wander around just in town that, that are getting way too much money spent on makeup. Yeah. And, and they wonder kind of why they're interested in, uh, I don't want to say sexual activities as much as just the sexualization in general. They yeah. wonder why that's happening at an earlier age. Well, it's because the parents are, are doing it to them or allowing it to happen and to they them. Don't, they this don't is do pretty it much. It's not on purpose, yeah. though. It's, it's not no, something that the parents they, even realize. They just don't. It's something correct. that's socialized. They, and that's what this they movie keep up, tries to show. It's, it's a keep up with the Joneses kind of thing. And in fact, at one time, they said, well, my, my, every girl has this. You know, what am I supposed to do? Tell them no? Yes. Tell them no, that they don't yeah. need it. I mean, and, you know, I, it, it, it's the same argument that we have went on a rant a couple of years ago when, uh, whenever we, we went to see... Uh, uh, the Stephen King adaptation film uh, Pet Cemetery, and four little kids are in this film with two sets of parents, and they get up and leave. I mean, you had to know that this film was not a kids' film. All all it takes is a little bit of research. Do a little bit of research. Be a good parent, and and you know parenting is hard. It's not for the faint of heart. And get out there and, and save your child. I mean, honestly, this this thing is terrifying to watch. The funny part about it is, and I just have to say this, is while I was watching the movie, I was on social media. 
so I was chuckling at myself, uh, you know, catching up with my Facebook and stuff like that. But I don't think I'm anywhere near hooked on this. You can take no, my I phone mean, and keep it for exactly, all I can. Yeah, that, and And Letterbox might be considered a social platform, but I don't see it all that harmful. It's pretty targeted at no. movie reviews and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I deleted my Instagram and Twitter after watching this movie. I was like, yeah, I'm done. You know, I, I'm uh, done with being... Uh, good for you. I, I, looked at my, I looked at my phone and I'm like, I don't even get on them all that often. But I, I was like, I see that I'm on them for like 30 minutes to an hour a day. And I'm like, what a waste of time. What do I get out of this? Yeah, you know, and uh, I you get manipulated. Waste my time doing something else, you know, that yeah. I like more. Frankly, you know, maybe I'd rather listen yeah. to music or listen to a podcast, learn something that I didn't know before, and uh, stop wasting my time scrolling through things I forget yeah. about the next day. You know. Yeah. Preach um, it, brother Dave. But oh well. Okay. So uh, bit, that's uh, what I've been watching. Yeah. What 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 do you got for us? I'm I sure you've got, got something different. Um, okay. I've only got a couple. Uh, films it's been very shortly since i we recorded last we're recording a little early today so i don't have much um i watched two movies though yesterday um of course i've been watching you know variety of football and stuff like that as i i usually do so shout out to our fantasy page you could see me get beat a second week in a row um, <laughs> if you want i don't want to talk about it though Netflix, The Devil All the Time, um, a movie that's been getting some interesting hype. Check out this cast list, Dad. Tom Holland, uh, of course, of Spider-Man fame. Bill Skarsgård, who is Pennywise. Riley Coe, who is in a crap ton of stuff. She's been in uh, The Lodge recently. Uh, Jason Clark is in it. <laughs> uh, I mean, and then Robert Pattinson, of course, is in this movie. Um, and it's just all-star cast. It's an interesting movie. It takes place around that Vietnam uh, era. Um, and it's, it's an American story of just really poor people, of people that live in this small town. And it's a really well-made movie. Uh, I, this is misery porn, unfortunately, though. And that's the main problem that this movie faces. Um, and, and Maddie, my, my wife, said it best where we were talking about it. It's a good movie, but there's no point to any of the misery of it. Let's take a movie like The Place Beyond the Pines, which I've seen this movie com compared to. The Place Beyond the Pines has a purpose or a message behind that grief, you know, that, that deep misery, you know, in that movie of how sometimes the actions as parents if, um, can translate to our kids, you know, the, the legacy we leave. And that's an important message to hear. Um, this movie doesn't, to me, have a message other than a bunch of bad people having bad things happen to them, and then we get to watch it as if you'd want to. And you're like, I don't know. The acting's really good. I would say um, everyone puts on a really good role. There's some really questionable um, elements, like Robert Pattinson's accent, and this is very strange. <laughs> um, <laughs> So hearing him sound like a because he's a minister in this movie he's a reverend and uh, mm. hearing him have a southern drawl um, is very strange um, it didn't even sound like it came from him I was like wait what <laughs> run that one by me again uh, but my, that was a problem with me and of course as a religious person I don't mind 
um, messages of different ideas. I love hearing different ideas from people. I think that that's something we all need to be more open about as Christians in general. This movie, whoever did that must have had a terrible experience in church because this movie hated God so much. <laughs> that was like the crux of this movie was mostly everyone who's religious in this movie is a piece of crap for it. And you're eventually I was kind of beat down with it going, okay, I've had about enough of that. And um, so I was kind of done. So obviously this isn't a void for you. Um, but... I, I'm, I'd give it a six or a seven. I, I'm not very high on it. I think it's a well-made movie. I think it's got some great acting. And I think it's got some strong elements. I just think the story here has no point um, other than if there's a point to be made out of, you know, religion can be used for bad, which is, frankly, to me, quite obvious and not much of a statement at all. Um, you know, there's just not much here uh, to dig into. Um, but, okay. Uh, then I watched Antebellum last night, a movie I've been pretty excited about. I think it's a Blumhouse movie, I want to say. If not, I know it's from the producers of Get Out. Um, it's from two uh, brand new directors. They haven't made a movie yet. Um, they've, they've done a lot of uh, activist videos and stuff like that. And this movie, I don't want to really give away anything of the plot other than basically this is a horror film set in the Confederate United States. Um, so, and I'm just going to leave it at that. The performances are fantastic. Um, uh, Janella Malone, I think is the, uh, lead actress's name who is really strong in this. Um, yeah, Janelle, Janelle Monet, sorry. Uh, I got, and then Jenna Malone was the, uh, is the other lead or kind of supporting actress of the movie. It's kind of where I got the names mixed up. Um, but she's great. She's phenomenal lead in this movie. Um, it's getting some divided reactions and I can see why it's not a fully the movie doesn't fully work on its idea in a way but I think it's interesting anyway to see two directors make a pretty out there kind of concept that just isn't afraid to go for it and I, I dug it for that you know I can appreciate the effort um, and I, I really liked it I, I know Mike didn't like it nearly as much as I did um, which is fine but um, I do think there's a lot of quality here. It looks great. Uh, again, the acting's great. I think the story is interesting. I think it goes on too long. I think is its main problem. I think it kind of gets bogged down in a middle segment where it really didn't need to. Uh, but I found it fascinating. And um, I think there's a lot of symbolism and interesting things to take from this film. And I just overall, I, I do recommend checking out Antebellum. I don't know if it's worth the $20 rental price, but I had you know a $5 off Voodoo coupon to use. Uh, so it ended up being 15 at that price with me and my wife watching it. It was, it was worth it, you know, um, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'd, I'd give it a 7 or 8, somewhere in there. Probably 7 with the combined score because I think technical meter it's a 6 because there are some misses here. I, I think there are some plot holes, some elements that weren't fully realized. But, again, these are this is a directorial debut that kind of goes for it, in my opinion. And not every directorial debut is going to be, you know, uh, you know, Jordan Peele, you know, for instance, you know, that they don't all have that kind of backing, that kind of, you know, experience in these types of movies um, to get that something like that done. Because you, you've got to think the directorial debuts are, are generally pretty tough. Um, but frankly, it's a good movie. I, I recommend checking it out. And uh, okay. it's uh, Antebellum, seven or an eight out of ten for me. It's well worth watching. 
Um, and, and I think it brings up some interesting stuff. I don't think you'd be offended by it in any real way. Um, um, it's pretty strong in that. I, I think it's. I think it brings up some interesting points. Is all. And I do recommend checking that, checking it out. So. All right. Um, that's it for me. Uh, we got so our <laughs> feature review today. We kind of had to come up with something. Um, you know, like I said, we're busy. You know, all the time anymore. So we decided to review Primal for your pleasure um, mm. to uh, talk about some Primal. And I just wanted to touch on. Eventually, I want to do an episode about Nick Cage and some of the highlights of his career because I think he's had a deceptively amazing career. He's kind of turned into a bit of a meme. Although in recent memory, he's gotten a lot better. But oftentimes people forget this is an Academy Award-winning guy. Like, he has some phenomenal films out there. And uh, really a good career. He's just been on a lot of stuff. Um, but uh, this one we're going to be uh, talking about Primal. A straight-to-video uh, uh, action film. Which, were you... Was I the only one surprised that this was as much of an action movie as it was? Because this is very much the typical straight-to-video type action movie. The grindstone, almost Seagal or Scott Adkins type action movie. Because that's really what this was, in a lot of ways. Uh, I have to say, I probably wouldn't have watched it if if it hadn't been for your recommendation. But no, I'm not surprised that, that it's an action film. That's what I figured it'd be from the looks of it, See, for I me, uh, generally Nick Cage... I don't know, it isn't as much action, like hand-to-hand -hand action, as this movie was. Um, this is a very much a straight-up action movie where he takes the central action hero role in an interesting way, and uh, I think it's pretty good for it, really. I, it I do see your me, point. Don't get me wrong, it's not by what you would traditionally call a good film, but if you're going into this movie thinking it will be, then you've got some horrible expectations, and you really do need to rethink <laughs> exactly where your perspective on cinema is um but if you're watching this with the same expectations that i had and likely you had before watching it you're going to be fine you're going to get a lot more than you expected because it's actually a somewhat at least somewhat quality film <laughs> I, I think that uh, yeah i think this is one of those films that while i only rated it a six uh I agree with what you're saying. So you have to look at a film, it's like we was talking earlier, based on a lot of factors. Uh, one, uh, one of which is what they were going for. And this film succeeded in spades in that. I agree. This is, this is really, if you went into it with, as you said, your, your expectations to get this kind of a film, well, they succeeded at it in spades. It's pretty goofy at times, you know, it's it's just a typical Nick Cage kind of film without much of a freakout moment. No, there's but unlike a lot of his, it's it's fairly clean. There's no nudity in it. There's really not much language. I don't even remember. I'm sure there were some bad words, but you know, there's not much in it. It it, it is what it is. It's a straightforward action film where some some bad guys get on a boat with a bunch of animals and Nick Cage and Nick Cage is going to have to be the hero. He's the animal herder basically. And, uh, so it, it turns into some rather funny, albeit predictable moments. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty lighthearted film. That's, uh, I think Mike may use the term a breezy watch and it is that. 
you know, all in all, this is a film I could see watching again. It's yeah, just a I good would... time to throw on in the background. Yeah, it's, it's a definitely a background type movie, but honestly, it's pretty good. I, I was a bit surprised with it. Um, I think the setup is great. You know, as soon as I figured out where this movie was going, which took about 10 minutes, um, and if that, <laughs> it, um, I knew that the setup was good. You know, and I'm like, are they going to pay it off? Because, frankly, this movie honestly is a lot like an asylum movie in their storytelling. Because you know the asylum format, right? You got the yep. action star, you know, pretty low budget, generally some quite a bit of CGI, which there was plenty here. But it was actually better than the asylum level. It was actually fairly decent CGI, really. I was kind of surprised with it. Um, I, I was a little disappointed in it, but okay, what do you expect? I was surprised with it, to tell you the truth, given the budget. Um, I, you can't expect this to be like Kong Skull Island level CGI or anything. True. It, it's, it's, it's convincing enough for what it's going for. And it, pretty much it's a movie where Nick Cage goes on a boat with a bunch of animals and then the government, which I kind of forget the reason now, other than they just didn't have space on any other boat, so they had to hitch a ride with this same boat that had a bunch of animals with a very dangerous, uh, very dangerous criminal who a bunch of CEOs that probably, I guess, don't know what they're doing are on the boat along with them. And uh, as soon as that setup happened, I'm like, this is going to be awesome because this is going to be totally what you think it is. And it's exactly what you think it is. I'm not going to spoil it if you somehow haven't figured it out. But if you haven't, I do recommend going through more low-budget action films and then you can come back and tell me, yeah, I know what it is now. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that's a good way to put it, frankly. Uh, you know, it's just, it just is what it is. I know the first few minutes I knew what you was in for. Just don't, don't be too hard on it. But they got a scene. The opening thing is, is Nick Cage in a tree stand, like six feet from a dead goat. And, and one of the most secretive animals in the world, he's trying to trap a leopard is okay with Nick Cage being in this tree stand, smoking a cigar and making more noise than a herd of squirrels. I mean, and he comes out and it's like, <laughs> okay, I, I guess I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more care taken in, in that scene, but it would have probably ruined the rest of the film because the whole rest of the film follows along with that ridiculous, never going to happen kind of thing it's escapism and you're okay with that it's strongest element you know yeah turn your yeah, brain it, off it, entertainment has to have yeah. fun and this movie has fun with itself and that, yeah that, that's all very self-aware yeah yeah it, it is what it is uh i will say too that it, this also stars uh kevin duran which is uh yeah. Uh, my, my favorite film of his was uh, Wild Hogs. He was one, the goofy guy that was in the Wild Hogs. And he plays that role quite a bit, the, the dumb, kind of likable guy, usually. Uh, he's the bad guy in this film. He's pretty and great. the whole reason Nick Cage doesn't have to freak out is because Kevin Duran is in freak-out mode all the time. Yeah, he, he's, he's the uh, more typical Nick Cage character here. Yeah. And and he and it works because he's just got a good look for it. He's a fairly big guy, I guess. He's fairly menacing in the film. You know, it it, it works. Yeah. 
I appreciate that's some of the things he that was, I appreciate about this film. He was one of the best parts about it because it sets up a good villain, and he is a great villain in it. Yeah, he's the yeah. he's the uh, convict, and you believe it. You know, you get a hundred percent. I mean, the dude's just a scumbag, really. I mean, from moment yeah. one. Yeah. And um, you just kind of go with it, you know. And this movie does a good job with just going with it. You know, and that's what you got to do when watching a movie like this. You just go with it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It's in you know, just don't be expecting a whole lot out of it. But I would encourage anybody to watch the uh, watch the films available on uh, uh, Netflix. Oh, it is. Okay. It's, I was about to say once a, this movie hits yeah. Netflix, that's that's the time to watch it. Oh yeah, I watched it on Netflix. It's it's out there. So I uh, this is it, chicken. So. Yeah. I, oh, I, did I you? Mean, it was on Family Video, <laughs> but um, it was five bucks. It's yeah. worth five bucks. If you can find it for five bucks on Blu-ray, it's actually a fairly decent-looking movie. I was surprised by that. There's some decent locales and some actually good color work and lighting work. I, I was pretty impressed yeah. with some of the filmmaking quality of the movie overall, and I, I do recommend checking it out too. I, it's not great. I gave it a seven. I think it's like it's most likely like a five on the technical meter, five or six somewhere in there for what it's going for. But it's like a seven or an eight on the funnel meter for me, which evens out to like a seven. Yeah, I, yeah. I try not to have the funnel meter in my score. This one doesn't reflect that. It, it, I give it a six. But yeah, I would agree with your assessment. If you're talking about the funnel meter, it's a blast. It's a good film. This would be a great drive-in kind of film yeah, with it. your buddies. You know what I mean? Have you another split film? Uh, there's any number of these things out there. You could do a Nick Cage night of a couple of crappy films and it would it would be a night well spent you know what i mean because yeah. you know we've talked about that a lot not every film needs to be a 10 i'm glad they're not or i'm glad there are plenty of fives and sixes that are entertaining and and clean and watchable and this film definitely is that that you just have a good time with you know i could I, i'd have a good time with with the with the cast crew watching this film in the yard at night it'd, it'd be a blast Maybe we could get another creature feature going with, uh, I don't know what it'd be. Oh, I do know. I know what it'd be. Philosopatzer, Pastor. That'd be interesting, for sure. This would be a great, uh, you know, uh, show. Yeah. I, I would probably <laughs> go with another more Zeusploitation asylum film. Most likely, I'd probably go Zombies, to tell you the truth. I think would be an almost perfect companion with this. I haven't but seen that one yet. It's pretty funny. Um... Yeah, either that or, you know, Night of the Wild, maybe even from Asylum, where all the dogs get rabid in the town and something like that. Uh, but, but I hear you for sure. Uh, the other thing I wanted to do is just highlight a couple recommendations. Aside from the ones, the obvious, the Mandy, the Color Out of Space that uh, Nick Cage has done. Uh, so pause me if you have anything you want to add to any of these movies, but I'm just going to breeze through some recommendations. Uh, eventually we'll do a full-on episode and probably touch on some of these but if you want to watch primal and team it up with any of these direct-to-video uh movies of his of recent here's some recommendations inconceivable have you seen this one yet no i have not i think mom watched this one with me um i think she would probably be okay watching it again it's a fairly decent romance pretty much a lifetime movie with uh, Nick Cage in it. It's entertaining enough. It's fine. Uh, I do. It's probably worth a rental or a Netflix watch if you get a chance. 
Uh, one that kind of got blasted, but I don't get it. It's a movie called Looking Glass. I actually really liked this movie. Um, it's a thriller, and um, it's a real dark thriller. I don't know if you'd like this one because it's, it's a bit dark in that. Um, but basically, this guy, you know, it, it's one of those motel movies. And I love motel movies, you know. This guy, kind of down on his luck, you get the idea that he had a pretty troubled past. Kind of goes out, and, and he's now a motel manager. And he has to deal with this kind of seedy truck stop motel. And uh, kind of the goings-on of it, after he purchases it. So, it's, it's a pretty good movie, though. I do recommend checking that one out. It sounds like a film I just watched, but it didn't have Nick Cage in it. This is a guy in a motel, though. He bought a motel and, you know, just uh, trying to get away from everything. And Yeah, and that's exactly what it? this is. Huh. Oh, okay. Exactly what this is, really. Um, so, either way, uh, two eleven is another good. One. It's kind of a cop drama with him. I yeah, think he's like that one's on my list. On the end of his, I uh, this might even be like some of his last days. Like I think he's you know contemplating retirement, and uh, something goes wrong, and he ends up in you know a situation where you don't want to be in with these robbers. Um, it's not bad. This one's okay. I think I watched it on Netflix. That's where it belongs. Uh, not anything to buy or anything like that, but it is it is interesting at the very least uh, to watch. And uh, that's it for me so far. There's a couple I need to check out still um, between worlds I want to watch. Um, and then I want to watch Grand Isle. I have that one too. I purchased it, uh, which I need to check out. So I'll be on it. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, see he's my, got... Those are my straight-to-DVD recommendations of his most recent output. So if you want to double-feature Primal with any of those, you'd be on a safe bet. Oh, boy. We may have to check this out. Uh, the Jiu-Jitsu is uh, completed and waiting to come out uh, that apparently stars him and your boy Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo. It says a uh, new sci-fi martial arts franchise from Dimitri Logothetis. Director of Kickboxer Retaliation. Now, Kickboxer Retaliation is a pretty good film. Um, yeah, but it really doesn't give much more than that. I just see it coming out. Uh, it just says oh, 20, October 29th this year. Well, that's in the Netherlands, though. Uh, so I don't know when it'll come out in the U.S., but I'll definitely have to check that one out. Uh, anything that's martial arts related, I'm probably going to be down for. The one that I'm excited for is Prisoners of the Ghost Land. Uh, this is going to be, I think this is actually going to be a pretty good movie. Uh, it's on in the works. It's got Nicolas Cage, Sophia Boutella in it, Ed Screen, a bunch of people. Um, and and um, it's a horror film. And according to trivia, the first script to get Nicolas Cage's interest after Mandy. Uh, so that's going to be pretty ah. interesting. Uh, I think that could be pretty good, actually. Um, and if it's the one that I'm thinking of, it, it's the one that's going to be a uh, kind of a, a, a theme park horror movie um, and I'm looking at this jujitsu and it looks awful in the best of ways um, yeah it's got Tony Ya in it too I see Cage himself <laughs> looks absolutely terrible <laughs> um, in that promo art but I, I think I'm down with this it's going to be something <laughs> yeah I can see him it reminds me a little bit of the bring out the wine uh, kind yeah, of comment with some of these pictures I want to see it. Yeah, I'm down. I'd buy, I'd buy this one day one. I, I'd be. I'd want to see it. <laughs> Nicholas Cage yeah. trained jujitsu under Royce Gracie. He also trained Wing Chun, karate, and Jeet Kune Do. 
So I'm pretty surprised by that. So, okay, we'll see. <laughs> are, are you down for that one? Oh, we're, yeah. we're getting this okay. one, huh? Yeah, I'd watch it. <laughs> okay. All right. Can't wait for that to come out. Well, either so. way. Do you have anything else you want to add before we close this one off? No, I'm good. I don't have anything to throw out there. So, uh, you know, glad to be on the show for the first time in a while. Thanks for the invite. Uh, always a pleasure to fill in for Maniac Mike. So, yeah, it'll be a good uh, time. I, I do appreciate it for sure. I think it was a good show. Uh, fascinating uh, selection of movies, and uh, we'll be we'll be back with some interesting stuff here here uh, pretty soon. Uh, we got, of course, Halloween coming up. Uh, so we do have our October slate of movies um, ready to go um, for it. We do have plans for October, and I think people are going to be pretty excited uh, with what we have to offer. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and announce them. Um, the next cast that drips blood will be over the Hatchet franchise from Adam Green. Um, we usually do a franchise review in October, and uh, these movies are really good. Uh, there's three Hatchet movies and then Victor Crowley. Um, so we'll be doing that and then uh, for our Halloween episode we'll be doing a retrospective on Toby Hooper um, so kind of his mm -hmm. filmography iconic director of such films as Poltergeist um, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre um, Eaten Alive, a lot of good good movies he's one of the greats uh, considered in the horror genre and uh, we'll be kind of looking at his movies and I, I think he's got a great career he's actually one of my favorite horror directors um, so that'll be a great episode uh, All right. That's our October lineup, and then of course we'll be having Maniac Mike's uh, birthday podcast sometime in there, and uh, I'll let him announce sometime uh, what that's going to be. So, <laughs> mm, I know you're so looking forward to it. Mm, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, uh, you got to do what you got to do. Have you oh, been busy doing it's some okay. homework? Uh, I have watched two of them. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to find some more, so uh, I'm gonna. I don't. I'm only, I've only got one. I, I really want to see two others, and I really hate spending four dollars to rent them. So I probably just as well go to uh, uh, Walmart and buy them. I'm sure there's. I can get this somewhere. Just go ahead and pick it up. So uh, you know, but uh, I do want. I do want to see a couple. I've seen them, but it's just been a long time. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my homework as much as I can. I know this is painful for you. It'll be all right. Anyway, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, uh, it's going to be a fun episode. I've actually not minded the two that bad. I, I, I would never watch them again. Uh, <laughs> but they're fine. <laughs> okay. But either way, until next time, we'll talk to you all later. And that concludes our show. We hope you've really enjoyed it. If you did, don't forget to leave us a review. Find us on Facebook. But one of the most powerful ways that we can expand our audience and the show is for you to tell your friends about us. You know, if they love movies and you love movies, hopefully they love our podcast too. So we would love to hear uh, you spreading the word of our show to all of your friends. And uh, tell them about our community. If they have any questions about movies, we could save them some money on some of the bad ones and tell them what uh, maybe they should watch. Uh, but either way, until next time, we hope to see you all again.